Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and tonight it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. By the way, Labor Day edition of the show, we're here doing our program for you. As can you believe that? We normally I mean, are. Free Talk Live is live on the radio on Labor Day evening. Well, aren't Laboring you supposed to work? on Labor Day. Yeah, it's Labor Day. Aren't you yeah. supposed to work? Now I'm afraid that that's not really the general idea, no. Well, what, what is the general idea? The idea is that labor has brought us this holiday, that uh, the unions uh, have uh, you know, <laughs> brought forth this, the, all, all the great things that they brought forth, including this day off for all of us minions. Yes, yes. They worked mm. for me. They, yeah. They, well, they I, I, uh, I've always gotten a lot done on Labor Days. I mean, it's most people aren't working, so I can focus on getting other things done that yeah. I'd otherwise have to do. And, and I feel like it's kind of like a day to get ahead of uh, I agree the, with the other you. guys. Absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely right, Ian. Yes. If they're that, not working and I am, then that means I've got an extra, you know, 16 hours on them or something like that, right? Yeah. I, you know, I uh, got to say that it's, um, you know... It's a good idea to uh, get a little extra done on Labor Day. So, uh, so yeah, I've been actually uh, tweaking some uh, some automation stuff here that I've been meaning to get to uh, for a while to to make things better on the the technical side of the show. And uh, how did you spend your Labor Day, Garden? Hey, uh, let's see. I got up, sent out a bunch of emails that I owed to people for the website, and then I did. Uh, a little bit of writing and uh, collected my photographs from last night's wonderful Motorhead N- Reverend for Horton Heat and I want to say the name of the other band <laughs> Nashville something or other. Yes, right? indeed. Nashville Pussy Cat. Uh, you, you say can that? you can shorten it a little bit, but uh, yeah. yes. And I got it was just a blast. You might be able to tell from my voice that I was screaming, you were screaming hard last night, and it was in Boston. It was one of the best times I've ever had. It was just you great. And do and love live music. Some pro liberty spirit coming out from Lemmy from Motorhead. It was, it was that guy sounds slow. like he screamed way too much. Yes, indeed. If you like to gamble, I'll tell you I'm your man. So it was <laughs> great, and that's so that's what I did. I caught up from uh, yesterday and uh, was doing a lot of work yesterday, actually, so I can have about an hour and a half today. But I, again, I agree with you. Labor Day is uh, for me. It's a day of getting stuff done. I love having that opportunity when everybody else seems to be just loafing and you know barbecuing whatever. I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna push, do what I can do, and and that's fine. You know, loaf, barbecue, do what do what you need to do. Yeah, um, sure. In fact, that Mark, what about you? What did you do today? I, I went to the fair. Okay, um, there was a fair. There was a fair nearby, and you know, I, I can't. I must say, I certainly caught up on some emails and things like that. But you know, at the same time, I went out with the uh, fam damly and. Uh, you know, did the fair thing. Well, and you know what? I'd like to point out that we're actually celebrating our third anniversary. Free Talk Live, celebrating our third anniversary broadcasting here in New Hampshire. As nice. Of, I guess not technically tonight because uh, I think it was Sunday that we came up here on Labor Day weekend back in 2006. And then we couldn't get it together, the, compu- the, uh, the studio and all the equipment and the installation, quite quick enough to be on Monday. But we're about a day off, I think, from our for actual. I think we've completed now three years yeah. of broadcasting here in New Hampshire. Congratulations. This is, uh, this is uh, three years of Free Talk Live being a full-time business for the both of us, too. That right for you? Yeah. Sure. Sure. It's been full-time for me since day one. But yes, but you know, you weren't getting compensated like it was full-time at no, the time. No, certainly not. So uh, thanks to everybody who's been listening this whole time. And if you're brand new to the show, welcome aboard. We will let you uh, dial in about anything. We are here live this Labor Day edition of the show. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. 
That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll start things out here tonight uh, with the latest, or at least some of the latest, on this healthcare controversy. Now, of course, the controversy uh, in the public eye isn't the same one that you'll hear on this show. The, the controversy in the public eye is, well, should the government take control of more health care or should it stay how it is? Yes. Or, or less. Uh, but, yeah. but, the, but the real fact is, is the government is going to take care of um, take control of more health care or, you know, it's, it's how much more really is the question. Yeah, that's the yeah. debate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the, the the debate is not should the government get the hell out of healthcare or get more involved. It's status quo or more government involvement. Right. You get the, the Republicans on one side saying, "Well, we'll give you a tax break if you buy your own health insurance. We'll make it a medical savings account. We're still going to regulate the uh, insurance companies like crazy, state to state, which, by the way, is patently unconstitutional based on the contract clause. We're going to let that happen, no problem. And rates are continue going up. Or you get the Democrat side, which is, well, we're not really going to take over, but if you don't read this 1,000-page document, you can feel fine. But if you read the 1,000-page document, then it's a different story. <laughs> if you read it, you're just going to be confused, because they don't write it in English anyway. Well, I think what they're going to do is just tell people, don't don't read it. Doctors say it's bad for your eyes. <laughs> well, I can tell you, this story is making me a little ill uh, from the examiner, WashingtonExaminer.com, where there's been a lot of discussion, according to them, about the new and powerful federal agencies that would be created by the passage of a national health care bill. And actually, I wasn't aware of these because, uh, you know, I'm not paying that close of attention. The Health Choices Administration, the Health Benefits Advisory Committee, the Health Insurance Exchange. There are dozens in all, so that's just a handful. But if the plan envisioned by Barack Obama and congressional Democrats is enacted, the primary federal bureaucracy responsible for implementing and enforcing national health care will be at an old and familiar one, the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> Under the Democrats' health care proposals, the already powerful and already feared IRS would... Huh, why would you fear an agency that's supposed to be serving service. you? Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't hire a servant who was scary. Did they talk to George Orwell when they came up with all these names? Because they're so perfectly Orwellian. It's the, the Health yeah. Choices Administration. <laughs> it's great. As though you'll have more choices when yeah, the, the yeah, government exactly. enters the marketplace. Because <laughs> right. the government's all about all, choices All you have to people. do is ask them, what if I choose not to join it? No, I'm sorry. You have to take our choices. Oh, oh okay. There you go. Well, that would be a choice. false choice yes. or a Hobson's choice. <laughs> yes, Hobson's. Uh, sir, so, so, and if you don't like the choices that we have to offer, shut up and pay anyway. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's pretty much it for the choices. You know, talking to you guys is like trying to debate a dining room table. I heard it from Barney Frank. I know. The IRS would, uh, by the way, wield even more power than it currently does and extend its reach even farther into the lives of ordinary Americans. And the presidentially appointed head of the new healthcare bureaucracy would have access to confidential IRS information about millions of individual taxpayers. That can't in, be true. In short, healthcare reform as currently envisioned would be built on the foundation of an expanded and more intrusive IRS. Under the various proposals on the table, the IRS would become the main agency for determining who has an acceptable health insurance plan. For finding now, this is the same agency, by the way. I'd like to point out that they do their own studies. They test because you know they all are about. Uh, they're all about service. Want to make sure that you're getting the best, best of the best service. So they uh, they test themselves and they call they uh, they have this list of frequently asked questions. Right? I mean, there are certain questions that most people who do taxes are asking. And, and you would think that they would put those like on the top of the form where they're sure. convenient to find. 
No, but what they've done is they've called, and this it's probably I don't know how long it's been since this has been done, and I, I doubt it's changed much since I last heard about it. So you know, be aware that uh, my data may be a little old here. But as I recall, it was about forty percent was the percentage of questions from their frequently asked questions, not some obscure question, right. but from their frequently this is asked questions. If I'm a beekeeper and <laughs> lightning strikes my beehives. On January 1st, which year do I put it in? Nothing like that. Right. So 40% um, of their phone operator types got these questions correct. 40. 40, 40% of the questions got were answered correct. correctly. Yeah. So that's right. true. You call one person, you get one answer. You call another person, you get another answer. You're absolutely exactly. right. That happened, this happened to me a couple times. So you can't take the IRS's advice that's as to what roll. to do. So just get, you know, get ready. This is the same organization that's going to be put in charge of your health care. If and, everything moves forward as they're planning, in, and in what DC. I love, what I love with this healthcare plan is the IRS could have the ca- capacity not only to monitor whether you've purchased your health insurance, as mm-hmm. you will be mandated to do in some cases in some uh, policy prescriptions, but to actually extract the money and withhold a certain amount of money. Yes. They will have entrance to your bank account. Of course. And that, what I love about that, Ian, is... It's all for your own good. Remember all the people who were justifiably, on the left-wing side, justifiably talking about how the Bush administration had pushed around these uh, telecommunication companies and they were getting all their phone right. records. We want privacy. Ask them if they will uphold the same <laughs> principle here. Oh, but this is for a good purpose, you see. Right. They, they don't have principles, but it's, it's a great amazing. question to ask. You're right. Uh, 800-259-9231. None of them in D.C. have principles. Democrats, Republicans. I might write an exception for Ron Paul, but that's about it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. There's more here about the IRS in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include the Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan uh, just by going to Facebook dot freetalklive.com that's facebook.freetalklive.com and you can thank jason osborne and the crew over at think twice news think twice productions they're busily filming a a brand new movie this week Uh, think twice productions up until this point has simply been a news productions company and they're breaking out into apparently zombie it's gonna be great or at least a zombie movie or something like that i don't know if they're exactly zombies or what the deal is if they're infected or it's ingenious i just love the concept here it's it's gonna be fantastic all i know is there's violence and a lot of uh free staters are going down to to actually act in it so it should be it should be interesting uh but you can go to thinktwicenews.com you can grab their news pack uh, their new news packages there you can see him on YouTube. And Jason Osborne, of course, is the man behind SACL CAI, wherein if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. As we continue, the story is about the IRS and healthcare. Didn't think they'd mix any time in the future, did you? Well, looks like that's actually the plan, is to have them being the major uh, agency, the federal agency behind this new healthcare 
plot uh, that they've got brewing up there in Washington. So there are several, uh, there are dozens actually of new bureaucracies that will be formed, but the IRS is in charge of uh, determining whether you have an acceptable health insurance plan. They'll also determine whether you are, they'll, they'll actually find and punish those who don't have an acceptable plan, as well as subsidizing individual health insurance costs through the issuance of tax credits for enforcing the rules on those who attempt to opt out, like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe you guys too. I don't know if you're going to go along with their little game. Um, what's what, uh, what? That I have to have health insurance? Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to have health insurance. I don't have it right now. I just couldn't afford it. Um, you know, like the bills got yeah. tight there for a while, and um, you know, my 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 son does. I don't, and and that's the way we decided to do it. I'd like to have health insurance. I don't today, and if I do. I'm going to have it only for catastrophic stuff. I'm not going to have it for, you know, just everyday sniffles and sneezes and things like that. And, you know, so few people are aware of economics that they don't understand that when the government intervenes in how the health insurance industry works, it drives up the prices. I, like Mark, well, I have a policy now, but it turned into a catastrophic policy because here in New Hampshire, they imposed all these regulations on the insurance companies, as people have heard me mention in other audios, uh, in other audio formats. And uh, my rates doubled the year wow. that the state of New Hampshire imposed these regulations, forcing the insurance companies to accept people with pre-existing conditions. Oh my. All the healthy people dropped out because they knew they could get their insurance after they got sick. So mm-hmm. there wasn't clean money going into the insurance companies. Companies got to raise their rates. My rates go up. I hold on. So I now have a deductible, which is about three times as high as it was. It's it's more than this, like 3.2 hmm. times high as it was. And Are you I'm paying, paying about the same or a little more? I'm paying three times as much Gosh. per just quarter. For, per wait, quarter. just for the uh, the catastrophic? Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and it's it's... Uh, of course, I've gotten older, of course, so that I would be paying more naturally anyway, yeah. but my rates doubled the year that this Jeez. insurance thing went, in, went into effect. And if anybody's listening, just keep in mind there is a clause in the Constitution called the Contract Clause that prohibits states from interfering between you and anybody you want to have with whom you want to have a private contract. So Does licensing, it oh yeah, clearly, really, uh, yeah. This is one of the this is one of the fascinating things that when I started to look at this story about the Senate voting on gun licensing for for concealed carry between states, I, I started realizing, well, you know, we have reciprocity for driver's licenses, and I thought, well, any other thing that's illegal, there's this thing called the full faith and credit clause of the Constitution. Anything that is a legal contract in one state or a legal legal document in one state is supposed to be recognized by another state. That's the way the Constitution is set up, right? Mm-hmm. So, hence, if a gay couple gets, gets married in another state that allows for gay marriages, they go to your state, you don't allow it, your state is still going to have to recognize it. That's the way it works, full faith and credit of legal documents. So, if you've got a license to practice law in one state, you should not be prohibited in another. But you are. Right. And so this conservative guy came up to me and he said, well, that would make it that all the states would be exactly the same. If they had license in one state, you'd have to have license and everything. And I was like, ah. So if you take that along with the contract clause, which says that states can't interfere in private contract, what does it tell you? It tells you that the founding fathers never imagined that the states would be doing all this licensing. Yeah. They never imagined any of this stuff would be – all this crap would be coming down. So all these things are pat- – on a strict reading of it, if you were to challenge it in a court where it wasn't all politically chosen, which is impossible <laughs> – right. 
you know, you'd be you'd be home free. You couldn't have these state regulations. The fantasy court. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy Island. Tattoo. Mm. Tell them what happens. <laughs> Where boss? <laughs> There's a little bit more to the story here. Uh, according to the the plan, all Americans would be required to have acceptable insurance and would designate the IRS as the agency enforced with, uh, or rather charged with enforcing that requirement on your yearly 1040 tax return, unless you're like you don't fill out one of those like I don't. Uh, you'd be required to attest that you have acceptable coverage. Although, of course, you might be lying or simply confused about whether or not you're covered, so the IRS would need a way to check your claim for accuracy. Under current plans, insurers would be required to submit to the IRS something like a 1099 form in which taxpayers report outside income. The IRS would then check the information it receives from the insurers against what you've submitted on your tax reform. So their you know their little informers over at the insurance companies will be uh, assisting them in their process of an, of enforcing on you to make sure that you are playing by their rules and if it all matches up you're fine if it doesn't you'll hear from the IRS oh and you know sometimes it'll just not match up because the IRS sucks at doing their job and yeah. you can expect to hear from them anyway and if you don't have the acceptable coverage you'll be subject to what they call here substantial fines because you know that helps people get better it helps people who are sick to uh, find them. Gonna, there is going to come up a point. I don't know if this is the point, you guys, or not, when people say, I'm resisting now. I am not going to conform to your mandates. Do you I think this do might this. be it? Do you think this I, will be I it? think if we continue, you know, some people have debated, for example, uh, when William Kostrick showed up uh, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, with uh, with his gun uh, strapped to his to his leg. Oh, yes, uh, the man who single-handedly destroyed the liberty movement. Yeah, supposedly so. You know, I, you know these, <laughs> these sorts of things, I, I've had conversations with a number of people about this. Is this good? Is this bad? You know, I say, hey, you know what? I think this is a time when clearly people have got the more you push it, the more you get and show anger. Uh, I think the better it is. Don't back down. Don't don't do any of that crap. Don't play by their rules. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if if people would actually do as you're suggesting, it would change immeasurably the situation the situation we're faced with i agree i don't think that this is going to be the thing that uh, you know that probably not uh, stops americans as far as i'm concerned they're going to cry about it and then they're going to go right along and cry about it oh they're crying right now they're going out and they're waving signs at the tea parties don't tax us don't do it please Uh, we'll do whatever you say of course if you just please don't do it (laughs) i mean that's pretty much what they're doing but i'd love to see them take that next step into well we don't care what you do yeah. And we're not going to obey, and we're not going to go along with this. And in fact, you know, I've been waiting for an excuse to not pay taxes. Here it is. But unfortunately, they probably love the whole killing of brown people so much. You know, oh. The people that are against the health care reform are probably in favor of killing brown people. So they'll have a real tough time stopping supporting the state. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training with 
without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsight.com today. That's F R O N T S I G H T.com. Go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun. Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. A Labor Day edition of the program. We're here in the studio talking to you about whatever is on your mind. You just dial in toll-free to the SACL CAI toll-free line at 800-259-9231. Again, that number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And bring up anything. We mean it. AudiblePodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you don't go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, you don't get the free book. Try out their service at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right. Uh, so the news today was about the IRS taking over the healthcare thing. I'm pretty sure we've uh, exhausted the topic, but you're certainly welcome to uh, to chime in on that or bring up whatever is on your mind. In fact, we're going to go unscreened to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, this is the Christian Anarchist. Gene, good evening. You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about the health care and the, uh, the HIPAA. Have you heard of HIPAA? Oh, the Health Insurance Privacy Act. Oh, that's the one where the government made it that you could not privately work with your insurance company to allow doctors and insurance companies to share information based on private contract. They called it privacy protection in the 1990s, and then the government in the same bill said, we're going to collect your private medical data, and we're going to hold on to it to protect your privacy. Yeah, I know all about That's that. That's right. And, and under HIPAA, if uh, a health care provider discloses any of your so-called protected health information to someone else, they're in violation and can be fined and, and penalized for doing so. But it's not like I really care if Joe Blow down the street knows that I have a, a high blood pressure problem or, you know, a heart murmur or whatever else. But who is the ones who can do the most damage with that kind of information? Of course, it's the people who are in charge of it. So it's the uh, uh, the same people that are trying to claim they're protecting our health privacy are the ones that are violating it left and right because absolutely. they're the ones that can use it against us. Who can ruin your life? <laughs> can, the congressman can. <laughs> and, and now with the new tying it into the IRS, they're going to have absolute control over your financial situation and be able to make you... Uh, there's no way you can get out of even not paying anymore. If they hit you with some ridiculous fine, they're going to have the IRS to collect it for them. Yep. Absolutely right, so. man. It's You know, it reminds me, I remember I watched Tid Kapu on Nightline one night, and they were talking about uh, cloning and genetic experiments with cloning. And he was interviewing some guy who was in favor of cloning, and Ted Koppel at the end gave one of these little uh, comments that he always gives with this stupid little riser there. And he says, but what happens if a very wealthy man gets... What happens if a very wealthy man gets his hands on DNA and starts to clone himself, or he wants to create clones and so on? 
And uh, it, this was all about... It's like a comic book. Yeah, and the whole thing was about governments banning cloning because Bill Clinton wanted a worldwide ban on what he called reproductive cloning, which is a redundancy. That's what cloning is. It's called reproduction, pinhead. So, duh. So anyway, uh, all you ask here, I remember I wrote in my book, I was like, well, you know, which... Which stands the greatest chance of actually causing harm? Some rich guy trying to start a business where, you know, it's limited to what the business can do and what people are willing to invest and things like that. Or a government, which can forcibly extract people's money to do whatever the heck it wants. And, of course, we know which one is more dangerous. So you hit it exactly with this thing. The, the Healthcare right. Privacy Act is such a, a, a completely Orwellian name. We were talking about that before. They have not initiated this. If people are wondering about it, they have not fully initiated it because organizations like the Institute for Health Freedom, Sue Blevins Group, and things like that, they have fought this tooth and nail for over 10 years, since the mid-'90s. And, uh, and they have not instituted this, but it is in the law. They can do it any time they want. Gene, any other thoughts? Well, I, well, I wanted to, of course, tie into how uh, if this goes to a single-payer plan, which is ultimately the, the end result of this will be a single-payer plan, because if the government subsidizes a certain half of this bill and it's unsubsidized for private insurance, obviously, eventually, the private interest cannot compete against a tax-assisted program. Exactly. So you wind up. You wind up with a single-payer plan, and as a single-payer plan, since the government also has all control over your health information, they would then be able to deny you uh, treatment based on your history, like if you've been purchasing too much butter and meat and you've been eating the wrong kinds of food and And you you didn't... You didn't lose weight properly when you were told to, and therefore they're going to just deny you whatever things comes down the pike and say, "Well, you were non-compliant." It's the next. Uh, it's the next giant step towards a, a complete nanny state. I mean, we've got a pretty big nanny state today, but if the the government is in charge of health care as far as how it's administered and all of that, then yeah, they'll start setting rules because eventually they'll be running out of money and they'll say, "Well, we're so tight on funds, we can't just raise taxes. We're going to have to just stop you from." Eating X Y Z, you know, whether it be uh, trans fats or or whatever the uh, the the, the, the naughty food of the day Margarine. is. Trans, hey. no trans fat is a code word for the thing that they told us was better than butter ten years ago. It's margarine. margarine. Yeah. Good hey, point. Yeah, I remember when I was in British Columbia, I I got such a chuckle out of the radio because uh, they had this uh, the healthcare department had worked with the road safety people to mandate that everyone riding a bicycle had to wear helmets. And then about two days after the the, the uh, bill took effect, the law took effect, this uh, radio station I used to listen to up there said, uh, the British Columbian government has postponed the enaction of the helmet law in British Columbia. They have to work on it. There have been some problems. They are going to come up with exceptions for turban-wearing Sikhs and, <laughs> and, and the greatest line, it was great, and people with big heads. Now, I'd like to also point out that, that with this new health care propaganda that's coming out, a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of health care professionals, a lot of doctors, but a, a percentage of doctors are... Jumping on board with this plan, maybe 20%, I would say, in our area are are on board with this health uh, thing. Maybe it's not even that high. Maybe it's only 15%. But they're being fooled by the ability of non-insured people to become patients who can pay you. So initially, 
you will see a probably an increase in the number of patients showing up who will have health care. Higher However, demand. The the um, the payer the the rate you're going to get paid is going to continue to go down until you're seeing way too many patients in a day to make up enough money to actually cover your expenses. So, sure, initially you will see a few more patients come through the door of of your clinic or whatever, which might initially give you a a short rise in income, but that's going to be short-lived because within a year or two, all of those gains are going to go right out the window with a reduced pay rate because the scale from Medicare and Medicaid historically goes down over time. They never go up. Absolutely. If they do, they'll... They'll, they'll adjust it up 1% for an inflation and, rate of 5% or something. So and, it, it, it's well, still going down. Gene, isn't it interesting, too? I mean, you, you speak economic truth. That's exactly the way it's going to go. You're going to increase demand, which is going to cost the government more, which will cause them to uh, cut on what they're going to pay, and everybody's going to get dissatisfied. And this is exactly what happened in Canada. It's exactly what happened in England. And what's so amusing is that Barack Obama is saying that, to help pay for my health care plan, sweetie, Honey bunch, honey pie, honey bunches of oats. Uh, what we're going to do is we are going to get four hundred and fifty billion dollars worth of savings from Medicare. Oh, really? I thought Medicare was operating very, very well. I thought it was an efficient system. I didn't know that there were four hundred and fifty billion dollars of waste in Medicare. That's very strange. I wonder why that is. And as you know, Gene, and as many people listening know, they don't even pay everything in Medicare because nope. we're subsidizing it with our private insurance. Because Any the doctor doctors, will tell you that. Exactly. The doctors don't get fully reimbursed for their services even now for so Medicare. It's just, I mean, if you thought it was expensive now uh, for the government to cover the health uh, care it currently does, with Medicare and that sort of thing, just wait because the the numbers and thank you, Gene, for the call tonight. The numbers they're prom- they're promoting, the predictions you know are going to be wrong. You know they're going to be wrong by a, you know factor of ten or something like that. Close. Uh, so it's going to be cost them a hell, hell of a lot more than what they're claiming it's even going to cost. More on the way here, and then there's the whole morality of forcing people to do things they don't want to do. Uh, it's free talk live. Bring up anything. Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Style toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. They include all kinds of things, like the Shrine of Female Listeners, the Wiki, the Archives, and more. It's all there for you. freetalklive.com. We're here for you on this Labor Day edition of the show. Most talk show hosts take the day off. We insist on bringing you live programming as often as possible. So here we are. And the phones are open for you. So let's go to them. Rich is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Well, thank you. Hey, Listen, do you have any idea where the where Labor Day came from? What is the origin of that? I believe you guys were uh, referencing it earlier in the show, some sort of uh, union thing, right? I used to know. I looked it up one time for a radio show, and I, I didn't even bother this year. I can't remember. I don't know where it Fill us from. in, Rich. Well, I, I didn't come to fill you in, really. I was I was actually wondering myself. Well, like, let's check it out here. Give you know, a quick look. No, it's here. one of those things we really don't talk about. It, and it seems rather ironic that we're celebrating a day called Labor Day when most of our labor goes to paying for the, the government. Yeah, I don't yes. think anybody's celebrating Labor Day. People are going out and barbecuing and uh, you know going to the fair and having a good time with their their family. That you know the the as to why they don't know why. 
I got it from yeah, the what? official source, Rich, if you want. You ready? From the government? Yes, this is from the government source, so you know it's got to be true. Here oh, it is. Yeah. You, you ready, Rich? Sure. It says here, Labor Day is a day selected as the first Monday in September to celebrate being a pinhead. No, I'm just kidding. It says, <laughs> Labor Day, the first Monday in September, is a creation of the labor movement and is dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers and of course that's a very loaded term because of course it's all based on marxism uh marx's marx marx's belief that the value of a product was based on how much labor went into it it Which constitutes is just retarded it's it's based on what the consumer values it for right exactly because it is. The, the way you can easily break that one down is by saying well if it's valuable to do labor then it must be valuable for me to go out in front of my house and dig a hole and fill it back in right exactly and that must have some real inherent value because it, it will take me hours say, depending on how deep the hole is, uh, it's going to take me a long time to accomplish and, that. And amazingly, that is the, just the policy that they're doing now with the cash for clunkers. That's what they did during Roosevelt's administration. They literally had people digging holes and filling them back up again later on. I mean, it's just amazing. They'd have different people filling them back yes, up. Yes, different people. Because <laughs> it, be, it, would, it would really kill your morale if you were to dig a hole and then somebody yeah. else was to fill it back in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or, excuse me, you had to fill it back in. So they move you to a different section of the town, the state, or whatever, and then they, have, they bring somebody else in. They move from the other side of the state, and then they fill it in. You know, I always had an version of Labor Day. I mean, besides the fact that it meant the end of summer and we were going back to school, which always ticked me off, uh, I just didn't like the whole idea of taking a day off to celebrate workers. Yeah. yeah, there was something inherently contradictory about that. It seemed weird to me. Um, Rich, okay. your thoughts? Well, it sounds like we're all on the same page. I know we've covered this before, but it seems ironic that in Genesis, the Hebrew brasseros who worked for the Egyptian pharaoh they had to pay one-fifth of the fruits of their labor, and they were called slaves or bondsmen or servants, depending on which version of the Bible you read. Yeah. Sounds like a hell of a deal, one-fifth. That's uh, it's a lot cheaper than what we've got today. Yeah. Rich, thanks Only for the call, man. You're on, a, on an iffy phone line tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. But this is over and over. Um, with the Revolutionary War was fought over at, you know, the intolerable acts, which were oh, precisely. Far, far, far more tolerable than what we're tolerating now. And... and yeah. It's America. You better love it or leave it, son. Can you, can you imagine that right now in the United States there is a sizable portion? We don't know what percentage, and you know, it doesn't really matter when it comes to the political, the political world because there's so many machinations from different special interests and whatever. But there are, there's a sizable portion of the United States out there who are willing to give up the control over their own existence, over their own body to the government when – Things like the intolerable acts, which were, yeah. well, we don't want to buy tea from the Dutch East India Company and a few other, what we would see as almost innocuous things now. Well, now there must have been people. There must yeah. have been people back then who were similarly minded. I mean, uh, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, because yeah, the, the were. revolutionaries weren't a majority. They were a, a small percentage, and then they had the people that kind of supported them, and then there was the people that didn't really care, and then there was the people that were were allied with the king, right? So, I but mean, most of them weren't willing to do much about it. Yeah, most of I those think, who were allied with the king, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and I, I, it's interesting because I've heard you know you, you always hear that thirty 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 or thirty three thirty three thirty three thing. I think there were more people who were sentimentally backing the people like the Sons of Liberty and the, the mechanics and you know Sam Adams and John Hancock and stuff early on. Uh, I don't think they would have been able to do what they did if they didn't have some real moral support in the hinterlands. You know, I think they had they certainly had some support, but I, I you know you've got to figure how much support did yeah. they have. I mean, yeah. and and that's where you've got to. If, 
in the Revolutionary War, if you weren't willing to pick up a gun, as far as I'm concerned, you just weren't part of the revolution. I mean, you know, giving people food and all that stuff, it's great, but it's not, you know, really somebody who was mm. committing a revolutionary act. Mm. And I don't, and, and you know, some people might have snitched, but they weren't really to, willing to pick up a gun for the other side either. So, yeah. you know, I think that they were just more people that, are, that, that were willing to pick up gun, guns to fight for freedom or whatever. I don't think they would have needed near the size, and they always say, you know, crap about the militia during the Revolutionary War. If they would have used the militia rather than an, an armed force, used them as a basically a pack of murderers, I think that they would have um, had a lot more luck. Uh, I think that you could have walked up to, uh, you know, British soldiers, slit their throats, or shot them in the head, um, and instead of, uh, you know, standing on battlefields, uh, you know, shooting at each other. If, if you understand how they used the brown bess, they didn't even aim it. They there isn't a sight on yeah, the front can't. of the guns that they used. <laughs> the intent was to just put lead in the air. Eighty percent of battlefield casualties were uh, made by the the, uh, the the stuff the, flying off. Things. No, it was the uh, the, the uh, thing thing at the end. What's that called? A bayonet. The bayonet. Oh, the bayonet. Right, the bayonet. So this was a war of uh. stabbing people. And hmm. why would you go up against the world's greatest military at this by doing what they did? I mean, you, you pretty know, retarded. <laughs> right. Well, that's what they. That's what Washington wanted yeah. to do. And fortunately, he found this Claus von whatever, and he came over and he marched the uh, troops around, and he did some really great things in turning them into an army really quickly. But I don't see why they would have to do that. I don't understand. Well, in the movie The, the Patriot with Mel Gibson, he's running around in the woods. Yeah, they, I'm sure that there were, <laughs> there were certainly some um, incidences you know, on the periphery of some woods and that kind of thing. But why would you engage the enemy in that manner? Know. Do these reflections really matter no. anyway? I mean, no. it's, it's, it's done. It's over. Um, and, and today we do have a situation where generation upon generation of government indoctrination has brought us to the point where a lot of Americans, and I don't know how many of them, but a lot, are very well under the thumb of the system and happy about it. Yeah. Hey, I take care of me from birth to death. Please don't make me have to choose where to send my kid to school. Don't make me have to handle my own retirement. Please don't make me do any of those things, government. Not please. I mean, they, 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 they'll call you names if you say that they should have to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where... You hate the, me. You hate people. You I, hate I, I, poor I, people. I'm fascinated at this instance, though, just hearing what you said, uh, the words of Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Independence. And I don't want to, you know, try to string in a certain amount of uh, patriotic hyperbole or anything like that. But but uh, obviously, those guys took some chances back then. They risked a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, we don't see that today. Yeah, you think about Nathan Hale, and uh, I, I, I passed by a number of times, I passed by where they hanged Nathan Hale in Connecticut. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing uh, tribute to a man who you know, gave up so much to think about it for a second. But uh, I'm, I'm fascinated because in the Declaration, Jefferson said, look, you know, if you've got an oppressive government and you're, it's not allowing you to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's your duty to overthrow it. Unfortunately, he added, uh, and possibly to create a new law, and I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. um, he should have just stopped your duty to overthrow it and never replace it again because all governments uh, step on people's rights to life, liberty, and happiness. But what was fascinating about it is hearing this uh, today and, and hearing Jefferson's words as you're saying, so many people, the reason Jefferson said it was your duty is because he said that they were God-given and he believed in God. And, you know, a lot of people in the United States believe in God, obviously, and they are Christians. Mm -hmm. But so many of these people, I mean, you look at Ted Kennedy, 
lapsed Catholic, hypocritical Catholic. You know, oh, whatever. man. Yeah, uh, you got uh, Chris Matthews, another one. Uh, Tim Russer was the same sort of thing. Chris Dodd, the same sort of thing. These guys supposedly ascribe to a particular religion, but they, they, you know, they're going to toss out part of, the, part of the tenets. What's fascinating to me is that if they believe in God, somehow they don't believe that they seem to think at the same time that it's okay for people to just say, you know what, I'm going to usurp and give up my rights to control myself, even though supposedly God gave me the right to control myself. Well, I am going to give it up. I don't see how uh, it's exclusive to. I, I think you can believe in uh, some sort of superior being and still uh, submit to man. I think well, it's sad. I think that uh, you know their own uh, Jesus wouldn't have done that that same thing. Well, that's the thing. If they're Christians, well, they have that free will, right? They have the free will to make that choice. But but God, uh, this is fascinating. God extolled them, and supposedly they have these inherent rights. So if they have the inherent rights, why don't they conform to what Jefferson suggested? Instead, I want you to explain this a little bit more, because I don't yeah. know if I've, got, if I've got a handle on what you're trying to get, get to here. We'll do number uh, hour number two here in moments. Take your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. It is the Labor Day edition. We're actually here. We'll take your calls about anything, as we always do, at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Gardner over on his website, libertyconspiracy.com is the site. And really, expanding the show out, uh, Guard, your, hey, your podcast from Just Guard to featuring some of your listeners. Yeah, I've been looking forward to doing that a great deal. The people who have been supporting us so much, we give them access if they want to write their own blog posts, if they want to have something recorded. We just added a phone line so people can record up to a five-minute piece if they mm-hmm. want something done. And Ziggy, all people, was our first uh, uh, call-in blogger. It was wonderful. It's really, really cool. And as you know, when you're working on the website, it's a lot of work. So um, it's really nice to be able to bring other people in to get their voices heard. Now, are you screening the the messages uh, for content before you're putting them on? Yeah, I screen them. I I generally, you know, I I think sometimes if someone's been maybe a little bit repetitive or he says something like, oh, you know, I screwed up there, I'll I'll take care of it for Mm -hmm. him, you know, no problem. But I generally try to be as honest about everything as possible. And what I like is... It's almost a way of allowing people to have a radio show where they don't necessarily have to be there. You know, the way you guys post your audio, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. Very good idea. You don't have to be there listening to the radio station in your car at the time that it's on. You're not going to miss it. You can come back and you can call in when you want to. 
you don't have to try to call in while we're on the air or something like that. So it's not it it, it has drawbacks, but it's a positive. Well, that's what thing you're doing. I you're, like that. That's what you're doing, which yeah. I've I've thought about doing for this show is kind of setting up a like a listener line where someone can call in and leave a message, and it might get played on the air, but. The thing that's really been preventing me from doing it is just I don't have time to search through all those messages. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think eventually we could do something like that. I was actually I've got an extra one of those Google Voice invites somewhere here, and I I've been trying to sign up, but that damn Google uh, the little anti little robot screwy. thing that they that they put on there where you yeah. have to figure out what the letters are. I'm yeah. having a real tough time with that. It's, I'll mess it up once, and then it'll say something like, "We think you're a robot. Thanks for trying uh, Google oh. Mail." Or whatever, because you yeah. have to sign up for a new uh, Google Voice account in order to get another voice number with them with a different email address. You can't have more than one Google Voice number per email address. <laughs> so I've I've tried twice now on two different days, and I've struck out both times. So it's kind of fun. I like the idea of you know people singing songs or you know leaving voice jokes. One guy, yeah, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mark Mark Kenny, is a funny guy. Uh, we did our our anniversary is coming up too at Liberty Conspiracy. Well, straight podcast going out sort of worldwide. On oh, cool, worldwide web. Yeah, so we're following in your footsteps, and so we're doing a one-year anniversary thing. He called in as George Bush. He's like, uh, yeah, and I just want to say uh, happy adversary. It's <laughs> great. So good, man. So our toll-free number is 800-259-9231. I wanted you to kind of recap for me, Gardner, what you were getting at toward the end of the last hour and, and oh. bring our new listeners around who just are tuning into what you were trying to say, because I yeah. wasn't quite with you. Well, we were talking about the health care situation, where so many people in the United States are willing. Mark brought up that the American Revolution was fought over relatively much smaller much, issues yeah. compared to what we've got now much with the benign. mass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, thinking about that, I thought, you know, it, to think that people are are ready to give up the very power over their bodily existence to the state in, you know, here in the landmass where the American Revolution occurred, and supposedly everybody's so patriotic and they wave the flag, it's it's really, it's tr- Quite frightening and striking in a way, but it teaches you a lesson about the nature of government and how it suckers people in and stuff. But what I found interesting was I thought about how uh, – and, and Ian, you had made a comment, and I thought about how many – how so many of those people in the United States are supposedly Christians, right? Now, Jefferson stated something that has been a, pretty much a Christian tenet for a long time, the idea, although it's mixed up with a lot of other things like being my brother's keeper. Well – they seem to think that that's allowable through government, which is ridiculous. Um, and it also means that somebody else has got to be kept. What if I don't want to be kept? But um, Jefferson, as a Christian, in the Declaration of Independence, well, he was a deist, but he believed in, in God. And he, he seemed he, to move around. Yes, yes. And uh, But he stated something that most Christians tend to believe. You have a right to life and liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all those vaunted things that we have in the Declaration of Independence that everybody finds so great and people seem to pay no attention to anymore. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fascinating because in the Declaration, he stated that if, uh, he says, governments are established to protect these rights, and if a government becomes becomes alien to these rights, it is your duty to overthrow it. Okay? So the idea was, his idea was... Well, a duty presumes you have an obligation. You have an that, obligation. That you've entered into some sort of an agreement. Well, this is the thing. As a, as a person who believed in God, he believed that... There was a power that gave you something, and he believed it was your duty because you would be disrespecting God. You would be doing working against God's will to control yourself, to be free. I'd love to have him here to talk to him about that because, uh, I mean, if, if God, in fact, uh, you know, feels that I have the duty to 
make myself free or anyone else free, why the heck doesn't he do it would be my first question. Well, okay, wait a minute. Now, if you have free will, don't you also then have the ability to enslave yourself? Isn't that a, one of the tenets of uh, be, uh, the freedom to choose is the freedom to choose slavery? Well, this Shouldn't is, you be able to choose that? This is fascinating because um, – it, it, and it goes towards uh, – this is where I get my personal thing. I, I believe that uh, if there is a higher power, he wants you to try to fulfill your life to the fullest while allowing others to do so in a peaceful way as well. And if there is evil, he wants you to squander as many opportunities as possible and have as much misery as possible in the world. And and I think Jefferson was sort of tuned into that sort of concept in a way. And so today I think about these people like Ted Kennedy, like Chris Matthews, like Tim Russert, like Chris Dodd, like all these other people, whether they're Catholics or other people like uh, Orrin Hatch, who's supposedly a conservative Republican, but was one of the integral players in growing the welfare state with children's health insurance and is certainly willing to sell off all sorts of uh, lock, stock and barrel chunks of uh, the Constitution and freedom and things like that. Uh, These people are supposedly Christians, but do not believe in the idea of self-ownership based on a power higher than government. And, And that strikes me as very, very scary to think that there are that many Christians who don't get their, the well, very nature of what Christ taught. Well, um, Christianity, like every other religion all along, and you know, institutionalized religion, yeah. really has been used as a tool to enslave, yes. not a tool to free. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking this, the religion itself right, right, as a, as a institutionalized church. Institutionalized religion, right. Various, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, some, oh, somebody can come along and then reinterpret the, the words of Jesus or, or God or whomever, um, supposed words, and then decide, well, it says this. And in order to, it, in fact, enslave them, uh, enslave people under another system. It seems to be what it has, um, you know, resulted in up to this point. There's I agree with that. P- people out there that want to see freedom for everyone, and some of them want to use the path through the Bible, and I think that's great. Um, I just don't think that the Bible, which has been, uh, you know, essentially a trans, it's, it's it's a translation of a translation in some cases, but at least a translation from the original, uh, you know, speech that Jesus used, and then ha- has spent two thousand years and been notably changed. I mean, in, no, in, yes. it's been changed, and yeah. all you have to do is look. Yeah. Um, you know, do a little research, but people don't generally want want to research that uh, that particular aspect. And the way it's has been changed, well, it's been changed by people in power, either people in the church or people in government, and in some cases, those were both for their purposes. For their purposes, so I don't think the Bible is a really good tool to use to teach people freedom. I'm not saying that there aren't some really great passages out mm. there, but mm. you have to go a ways in order to get around some of the other passages. Right, and if the people the, that are the teaching them, under Caesar, under uh, um, what is Caesar's, and you know that kind of thing. Well, and the people that are teaching them are part of the system. The people that are, are, are you know, in charge of these churches are 501c3 organizations yeah. who have essentially bowed down to the state in order to get a, a tax, you know, some sort of tax benefits. It's a great point. Um, so they're, they're kind of owned by the state in a way. And it's, not it's, all of them, but yeah. Not, no, you're right. Not all of them, but how many churches don't have a 501c3? That's true, but most, how many churches don't, how many churches out there didn't tell um, their parishioners, at least in some way or another, like, at, at least talk a little bit about the election in 2008, you know, just kind of, uh, how many, how many pastors didn't take a position? I don't know, but quite a few did. And isn't it interesting, too, because uh, worship of the state is in itself its own religion based on a, you know, a secondary uh, definition or a tertiary definition of religion, and uh, belief in something without any proof of, uh, for example, efficacy of, of government. 
uh, and I, I'm I'm thinking about the speech that Barack Obama is going to deliver to the kids tomorrow. Oh, I thought they tomorrow. didn't want religion in the schools. Well, more coming up here in a moment. 800-259-9231. It's interesting that, that we're on this topic. I just finished watching Penn & Teller's BS, the final episode of this season, and their topic was the Vatican. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. It's the Labor Day edition of the show. You can still bring up anything. We're here live, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and they're all free for you, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo and proved that they listen to the show at shrine.freetalklive.com. If you are a lady listener, Instructions on how to do such a thing are there for you. Plus, uh, video validation is now an option as well. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources uh, to offer you some of the best prices that you can find anywhere on the Internet for gold and or silver. So all you have to do is go to gold.freetalklive.com. You can see all the, the great prices there and the uh, coins that I have personally picked out for our listeners, the ones that I like. Uh, if you've got any suggestions, you can feel free to email me on them, but uh, these are the ones that I picked out. And um, Or they have a layaway plan where you can uh, give them a call at 800, excuse me, it's 877, 877-58-857-9938. Ian Reed, you do have that phone number in front of you, don't you? Uh, the number, did you drink today, Mark? No! 877-857-9938 for gold.freetalklive.com or silver.freetalklive.com. You can go there, too. All right, let's continue here. Uh, we can go back to the religion thing, but Erica's on the line right now in Rhode Island, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Erica. Hello. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I think a while back on the show, you briefly talked about um, Rhode Island was planning on for 12 days throughout the year, they were going to close down all the state offices and send home all the state workers to save, yeah. a, you know, a few million dollars. Yes. Um, and uh, last, last um, this Friday, just that they just passed, was the first day that they were supposed to close everything, close the DMV, close everything. But the day before, um, the uh, a judge somewhere ruled that that they have to put the whole thing on on hold because the state workers union has been complaining about it. <laughs> so Friday, right, nothing was closed. I, I actually ended up going to the DMV because I needed to that day. Mm-hmm. But um, I just thought it was pretty funny. Uh, the, 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 the judge the judge said that nothing's decided yet. That they don't know if they're actually going to end up closing everything for the twelve days. But this is for why now, the whole it, thing it's it's examples ignored. like you're mm-hmm. talking about here, Erica. That that really make me. Not believe that there's much that can be done with the political system uh, because at every every turn that you attempt to roll back the government, you come up against the people who benefit from whatever that yes, program is. Absolutely true. And uh, and I just had an example of I mean just for me personally, I was running for mayor here in Keene, New Hampshire, as Ian Nobody Bernard, which is my you know my old slave name with a nobody added to the middle of it to kind of portray the message that I'm not going to take office. If I get elected, I would not swear the oath. I would not go to any of the meetings. I would really be a nobody candidate. the none of the above choice. Right. Well, since they don't have a none of the above choice on the ballot, and I think they should, uh, but since they don't have one, I figured that would be a way I could get in on it. But they basically shut me down uh, by saying that, well, uh, even if you had been using the nobody moniker for the last five years, which is apparently as long as you're supposed to, at least according to them, I didn't check their claim on that. But even if you had been calling yourself that for the last five years, we would disqualify you anyway because it's a slogan. So I couldn't even get on the ballot 
with with my ideas, uh, let alone actually try to implement something like smaller government, actually winning an election, to get through the process of the elections, win an election, and then try to roll back the government, you'd, you'd be sued. I mean, they would sue you as uh, yeah. as part of the the state that's trying to uh, you know st- stop a, a government program. You, uh, you name which one, whatever, whatever, whatever one is. Uh, the the government bureaucrats will come out and uh, steamroll over top of you. Yeah, at every turn you're gonna you're gonna be pushed. Uh, that there's gonna be this pushback from the people that, that, that there's just so many people that benefit from the government in some way. I mean, if you try to roll back welfare, then all the people on welfare are gonna come up and complain. Same thing with with any attempt to get rid of like I don't know temporary disability or something. There's a ton of people on disability who will then come out because they benefit from that. Yep. And which is why I think that people non-cooperating, as Gardner was talking about earlier, is going to be one of the biggest keys here because if the government can't if the government can't get your uh, obedience on a voluntary basis, then it's going to dramatically increase their costs, and they're just going to give up. I don't disagree with that. However, some people, you would agree, can't non-cooperate in some areas, right? I understand so, that. Um, and, and so, therefore, they can't do something that's more efficient, like non-cooperation. So, should they not do anything? I didn't or say they that, use, Mark. I'm just do saying, don't expect You're, to have, have it be an easy road at don't, all. Don't expect You'll, non-cooperating to be an easy road. Well, no, wait. No, I didn't say non-cooperating would be an easy road. Well, did you, I? You, no. I'm trying to make a comparison here. And it, you, so often, you'll, you'll throw this, this political system, it's just not worth using. And I'm not saying it's worth using, but neither is, uh, in, in most cases, Cases, neither is non-cooperation, neither is outside the system activism. It doesn't do anything if we want to look at what's happened here in Keene, New Hampshire, or so many other places. Well, I mean, maybe, you know, I, you, you bring something to mind, Mark, and, and Ian, and, and what you're saying. You know, I'm looking at all the different threads of things that are going on now, and I, I don't know whether this is an appropriate time to try to think about it, but... On the positive side of the ledger, what do we have? We have more and more people who are speaking out with vociferous and righteous indignation about what's going on. A lot of this was started, I think, thanks to the Ron Paul campaign. Uh, a lot of people on college campuses starting to get aware of at least one aspect of things, the Fed. Uh, other people starting to bring up in these in these town meetings at least the Constitution, which, you know, I have uh, you know, said many times is, is not going to be able to protect my freedoms and still establishes force in a way that I do not approve morally, but at least it would be a step towards something that at least people would have a few more nooks and crannies to find freedom here and there somewhere along the line. So that's good. Then you have people who are starting to get so upset that they're saying, hey, how do I get out of this situation? Uh, but Ian, you brought up all of these, and, and Mark did too, all of these systematic things that have been established that have all these sycophants, all these parasites that that are attached to them, if you do not conform, if you just peacefully resist, uh, is there a way that would be beneficial for you if you're diffuse, if you're all around the country and you're speaking out? Or should you do what we've been recommending here, come to the free state, come to New Hampshire, yeah. because I think it's safer uh, in concentrated numbers? Both of those uh, approaches agree with that. Yeah. Both of those approaches will be more successful here in New Hampshire, I believe. I mean, the political system approach and the outside the system approach will be more successful because of concentrated activism. Erica, your thoughts on all that? Yeah, so sorry to bring up this argument again for the seven millionth time, but um, <laughs> I, there's really, I mean, there's no easy way to bring out about any change. Whether, no. whether you're going to go through the political realm, whether you're going to go through non-cooperation, there's either way it's going to be a rocky road. 
Mm-hmm. I, that there is, and I, that there's benefits to both. There's benefits to trying trying to accomplish something through, you know, through voting, through politics, or through through getting into that game, and through non cooperation. I can't see why you just can't wait. Why there's a place for both Erica. of them. Thank you, Erica. Appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Look, Mark, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I think it's going to be a lot harder than even the politicos believe. They, like, they think oh, it'll I be agree. a cakewalk even if they get a bunch of people on no, their well, side. They're, they're uh-uh. going to they're gonna run into some problems along the way. It's absolutely true. Um, I, I, I don't doubt that. And I don't know if they can actually shrink the size of government. I'll be happy, man, if they can stop its growth because it's growing every place else. I'm not saying that I'm going to be, um, I guess, happy. Okay, I will be uh, yeah, more pleased than I would be elsewhere than if, if they can just stop the growth and, and take some chips out of the the giant, uh, you know, monolith that is the state. I don't know if uh, civil disobedience works or not because I haven't seen it practiced enough, and I'd really love to see it. I think in some cases it's been done very well here in New Hampshire, but we'll, we'll a lot be of people more. can't do it. Well, it's easy to say you can't do it, but if enough people did do it, then you'd be unstoppable. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Labor Day edition of the show. Here with you to take your uh, your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want, it's Conrad in North Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Conrad. Hey, guys. I wanted to uh, talk about uh, the movements in America right now. There seem to be two big ones. And it's the freedom movement and the skeptical movement. Have you guys heard of the skeptical movement? What's that? Well, the skeptical movement's uh, basic, well, skeptics. Uh, the people like um, uh, Penn and Teller. Oh, yeah, and, um, regarding religion. They're, they're... Well, not just religion. They, they really want to push science is what they want to do. There's uh, two really big podcasts out there, the skepticsguide.org and uh, Geologic Podcast. Oh, this is cool. It's it it is until you start um, getting into the area where the um, the skeptics simply don't ask very many questions when it comes to uh, you know doctors and things like that. They the the AMA has gotten ensconced in the United States as you know we the they, they dictate down top of, down yeah. that kind of thing. And skeptics are very bad in this arrangement. So they're not skeptical of the establishment in no. some places. Is what you're saying? They are not. Yeah. Conrad? Uh, yeah, I, I would say they don't get political enough. And I, I think that if we could take these two movements and move them together, I think we could have a strong thing. I think if we start classifying things like Keynesian economics as a pseudoscience, so I think right. it would really help our movement 
move them together. Oh, so precisely right. You know, I was reading a little bit about uh, Mises. It's the 60th anniversary of human action, and uh, the Freeman has devoted its uh, latest issue entirely to uh, to Mises. And uh, praxeology, the study of human action, is just such a wonderful thing that, that, you know, human action, the book itself, was such a breakthrough sociologically, psychologically, philosophically, and it is truly the study of human nature. And I, I love the idea of a real science of human nature and, of course, the conclusions that were drawn from it, which which are humans drive themselves to try to maximize their pleasure, minimize pain when they come into contact with each other with differing abilities. Uh, markets are formed. They're spontaneous, natural outgrowths of the human condition. And you're so right. Keynes had no concept about what markets were really about. And I think what really needs to be pushed is to say, hey, Keynes is a pseudoscience. It's yeah. no different from aromatherapy or chiropractic. It's just, it's BS. It's based on absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. Just because yeah. you learn it in a college doesn't mean it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, exactly. you know, there's there's such an establishment behind Keynes because there are so many benefits for the Keynesians and those who support the Keynesian concept of full employment, government getting involved, printing of money. There are so many people who benefit from that. And and it goes back to what Bastiat said. And of course, Bastiat, you know, such a brilliant mind in the 1800s. Uh, with what is seen and what is not seen. So the Keynesians were successful in tying into the what is seen. And unfortunately, what is not seen when you inflate the money supply, when you print so much money for this full employment concept, when the government gets involved with programs and all this nonsense, you see all the programs, you see the government you know, spurring, con- consuming, and all this stuff. What you don't see are those secondary effects, the bubble bursting, more jobs being lost, realization that the money was squandered and wasted everywhere. You know, I'm thinking about your proposal here, and what worries me on this, to some extent, is there are a lot of people that don't fit into the category of skeptic in the liberty movement. Um, I'm not saying that the skeptic movement bothers, you know, by and large, I like most of the things they say. I love listening to the Penn and Teller show, and, you know, most of that stuff I'm into. However, there are people who are uh, very big Christians in the liberty movement. How is that going to correspond with the skeptics? There are people who are uh, very much into the natural health uh, era area. And I can tell you, by the way, that that is also a huge area for advertising in radio. Yeah, I know your guys' uh, advertisement has a lot of that, uh, so we say, non-skeptic twinge to it. Um, you know, there's skeptic Christians out there. Skepticism is not synonymous with atheism. It just means that you're willing to be objective and look at the facts as they are. And I think it's, you know, I, I think if you guys could uh, maybe have a guest on your show from one of the skeptic side, maybe have a have a slightly different point of view, just uh, maybe grill them or whatever. I think that would be extremely interesting. Who did we have on uh, in the past? We had that uh, Michael somebody. We yeah. had um, yeah, Michael Shermer. Michael Shermer yeah. is yep. great. We've and had he's him a on. Quite the neocon, though. He, he's in support of the Iraq War. Oh, I just shoot. bought his book, uh, Mind of the Market, though. Yeah, he's he's good in a lot of respects, and he's he's a really really nice guy, uh, which is which is great. You know, he's. I, I have to feel real motivated to have a guest on, and I just don't. Uh, once I've had a, more than a few, I kind of get my fill for a while, and I, I don't not really motivated to do something like that. But I I, I think what you're saying has merit. I I don't think that Mark. Maybe you're reading a little too far, uh, far into what Conrad's saying. What I'm hearing Conrad say is that he just thinks that there should be some cross-pollination. Uh, but I think going there on. is. I think there's a lot. Conrad, you're saying you're not seeing that? 
Well, I'm saying there should be more. I'm saying that uh, skepticism, just being rational and looking at things scientifically, has a lot of power, and it really helps because when you're right, when you are uh, scientifically correct, it, it, people can't deny that without being irrational themselves, and it would really move our movement forward because when you look at Austrian economics, it has a sound scientific basis. And if we were to push that through and, and stay away from you know, the philosophy of it and stick to the science of it, I think we would have a greater impact. Shouldn't we just leave it to Penn and Teller? I mean, they're libertarians, they're skeptics, and they are certainly reaching, it would seem to me, both crowds. Yeah. And uh, Free Talk Live, not as big of an audience, I would guess, as um, as, as is the BS uh, uh, series that uh, they have. I mean, should we really be pushing in that arena? Is that is that our role? I, I think so. I, I don't I, feel I like it's my role. what we're all looking for is true. I've, well, I feel like my role is to be here six nights a week taking phone calls from anybody about anything. Um, you know, we we stumble upon the truth uh, inevitably in that uh, in that process. But I, I guess I just don't really see this as being a big issue um, here in New Hampshire, for instance. There are people who would be considered skeptics that'll sit down and have lunch with some devout Christians, mm. and everybody gets along just fine. So. I mean, I don't really see where the I don't. I guess I don't see the divide. I'm sure there are some uh, skeptics out there who are very, very anti-religious or uh, very uh, devout in their skepticism, if you will, and and not really positive towards anyone else uh, who happens to have a certain uh, belief system that's based in faith. Um, I, I know those people are out there. I, I don't know if you would call them the neo-atheists or something like that. This kind of band of atheists that's out there that is uh, essentially proselytizing atheism and trying to convert people to atheism. I think those people might be uh, the the types of folks that would leave a Christian out in the cold or something like that and and not uh, not have a relationship with with them. But I don't really see that as being a problem. Certainly not around here. Well, I know you have a long to do list. But um, if you have an hour, check out just the skepticsguide.org. I already, already listened to the it. Competition. Already listened to and it. You didn't like them, or? Uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 if in some ways I agree with them, but some ways I don't. I feel that to to some extent, I feel that they're sort of unquestioning, um, and they they don't look at things skeptically. They, they wouldn't in, say that though. They I'm in sure. fact listen to what people tell them, and well, the they've chosen is, their skeptic experts. Scientists right? have lied. You know, and I need to know in certain areas, I, you know, it, it bothers me. I guess that's that's all there is to it. Scientists have lied and the skeptics simply won't believe it. All they are is uh, the, the choir at the science church. We may be more skeptical than uh, than the average skeptic. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. But... You have to know things. And science is a great way of knowing things. Most of the times the scientists aren't lying and most of the time they're checked properly. But at the same time, when there's a huge amount of money backing um, a, an issue up, that's a real good way for things not to get checked properly. Conrad, other thoughts for us tonight? It is your show. It's on your mind. Yeah, what happened to Manwich? Why, why did Mark, <laughs> Mark and not Manwich anymore? The reason that I changed my on-air name from uh, Manwich to, to Mark Edge was because the, you know, the show matured. Uh, originally, when we went on the air, we were much more. We were on a hot talk station. It was much more of a hot talk show, and I didn't want my, you know, my career affected by, um, you know, being called Mark Edge and clients saying, "Hey, weren't you just on air talking, you know, locker room talk on the radio?" Mm -hmm. I don't need that yeah. in my business. Mm -hmm. So I, I needed a pseudonym, and at the same time, I didn't want to expose uh, Genesis Communications Network and Free Talk Live to any kind of lawsuits from ConAgra Foods as we got bigger. Thanks for the call tonight. Certainly appreciate hearing from you at eight. 
1-800-259-9231. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live, Liberty Day Edition. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Now, if you like this show, then you can support Free Talk Live by doing a handful of things. Uh, One of the most important ones is becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. It'll cost you three bucks a month. Now remember, we give you the Free Talk Live website for free. So all the archives and the BBS and everything that's there, we give it away to you. So we ask for your voluntary support at amp.freetalklive.com. You can do it with PayPal, any major credit card with our secure credit card form, uh, as well as some alternative options. You can find it all. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. But basically what we do is we take that $3 a month in from you and the 500-plus other people that are also contributing, and we use that money to reinvest back into Free Talk Live. It doesn't go to paychecks. It goes into reaching out to other radio stations and getting the show on more uh, stations. We're now on over 50 radio stations across the country thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifiers. You guys are what's making that possible. Uh, so we reach out to radio stations as well as other Internet listeners and try to bring as many people to the ideas of freedom as possible. So uh, head on over there to amp.freetalklive.com when you get a chance. Let's go to Faye in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Faye. Hey, this is actually Shay. Shay, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, just going back to the whole argument between uh, political activism and non-cooperation. Because it's really... I don't think I don't think that you... Ian, give it enough credit as far as political activism is concerned. Okay. Um, as Gard pointed out, with the Ron Paul campaign, um, it brought a lot on board. It really raises awareness, and that's what you. Really I've never to said it, it didn't for. do that. I never said that. I've I've actually said I've contributed money to the Ron Paul campaign. I gave about four hundred dollars to his campaign because it was raising awareness. Uh, I understand that. That's the reason I ran. I tried to run for mayor was so I could raise awareness of liberty-oriented ideas. That's one of the only real, I think, that's one of the best values of the political action is because news media pays attention to politics. Uh, you know, they believe it matters, so they pay attention to who's running, and so therefore if you run, you get a chance to spread your word a little bit uh, more than you otherwise might. I think it is valuable from that perspective. What I was saying is the actual changes within the system are very, very difficult to achieve. Absolutely agree with you. Okay. Well, is there anything else on your mind tonight? It is your show. No. It's uh, just, it typically doesn't come out to that point in the argument until Mark points out that, so... Ian has a difficult time sounding like he's supporting the other side, even when he is. He'll say things like, well, sure, it's fine. I even even contributed to the Ron Paul campaign, and that's all fine and dandy. But I really think that it is in an efficient way, and it just, it comes out. It is. I didn't contribute with the expectation. I didn't. No. Uh, you said that you said that, uh, that non cooperation is not a, is not effective. It is if you have enough people doing it. It's just it's, finding the people right, to do it. It's that's more the difficult trick. to find people because the cost of cost because of people entry. are scared. Right. The Unlike the founding entry. fathers, which we were talking about earlier, who put their lives, their sacred honor, their property, their families, and their fortunes on in the line in order to create put a new all. coercive system. I understand that, Mark. I'm not defending what they did. I'm just saying that they were willing to take a little bit more risk than the average American is hey, today. If I could get rich and my families could be and my family could be in charge 
charge of a nation for 300 years, perhaps I'd be more likely to pick up some arms and fight the government. Mm-hmm. But sure you, you see would. that the, in, the, the incentive isn't there in the same way. So what I was saying is that uh, I gave money to the Ron Paul campaign because it was effective outreach, not because I expected Ron Paul to win or anything to change in the federal government or anything like that. Because I don't. I think that the political system, especially at the federal level, is, uh, is absolutely hopeless. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Conrad, yeah. for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. So, uh, you know, appreciate the opportunity to, to, uh, to clear that up. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, the system is hopeless, but it is good in a way, in a, in a PR way, in a way to spread the word, to get people in there who can say things like Ron Paul can say. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, if Peter Schiff gets into the Senate, that will be good for the freedom movement. Don't get your in hopes away. up. Yes. Um, that would require winning an election. That's right. And he's going up against Chris Dodd. And Whoever. The, I mean, I, I've heard the name before. I guess he ran for president and, or something. You know, he's like one of the most corrupt jerks out there. He's right. just well, an if, absolute jerk. If somebody's going to be ousted, if a senator is going to be ousted this year, it could likely be Chris Dodd. I yeah, think that that's, will, a, that's an election that has a chance of being we'll won. Say, we'll but say it still this. doesn't really matter because, um, you know, if Peter Schiff gets in, there have been libertarians throughout the years right. in, it's in not, political office. It's it not going to change some the way the system is working but what it will do is at least expose more people to certain phrases in news bites to mm-hmm. certain people appearing uh more and more of these people getting out there and being seen while i see the, the drawback is i don't want people to get false hope and think that they can oh, change it within yeah. the government system so that's the that's the downside it is, of this it's it very is. frustrating but that's it's okay difficult. we can we can handle that because Yes, that is going to happen. Yeah. Yes, you can't avoid it. But what you can do is you can have a system set up that essentially does its best to absorb those folks. I mean, when, when people get into politics for the first time, as many people did with the Ron Paul campaign, and inevitably more people will with uh, things like the Peter Schiff or whoever else is, so Adam Kokesh, whoever else is running uh, that uh, everybody's so excited about. That that money will be spent. There will be people brought in with a, a relatively pro freedom mindset, and then uh, they will get burnt out eventually, and they'll want to go and give up. Hopefully, between the point at which they enter and the point at which they burn out, we will have reached them by that point. You with LibertyConspiracy.com, Free Talk Live, Penn and Teller, whoever it is that uh, you know that that they happen to encounter through their exploration of the ideas of freedom, hopefully they will be reached by someone with a more principled voice, and then they will get excited about doing more than just trying to change the federal government. Because eventually, you're right, Guard, they Gardner will burn out. Didn't say on the that. federal government. He said the government system, and this is where I wanted to object because mm-hmm. there are lots of governments. One of them is the government. Of New Hampshire, and the the what we haven't tried yet is moving a bunch of libertarians to one place in order to well you know return or uh, you know seize control of the apparatus of government yes, and see what thing, that does. But, we don't know if it works but, or if it doesn't. Right, I don't but, have any. But idea. the key thing there is if they are if it's 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 a it's a strange it's a strange tautology in a way. It seems like it to try to use government to destroy government. Well, I'm not looking to destroy government. Well, see, but this is the thing. If you don't destroy government to a large extent, you're going to get what you've got before. There may be a window of relative Mm -hmm. freedom. There uh, could be, but they would have to, if they had the opportunity, and I don't know how this is done, and I admit it is a monumental task, but if they have the opportunity to rewrite a constitution, I think that they would have more luck because you could create a constitution that was much more difficult to... 
uh, it's, you know, it's get very interesting that you picked up on precisely because I phrased it very specifically there. You're absolutely right, and it's funny you should notice that because and and I will I would use it in a, in a way on the federal system as well. The, the federal, federal system government. is beyond help. I yeah, mean, the, but and I think and this is much too wishful thinking, you guys. But I think if any if I think it's incumbent on any of these guys who are in there, Ron Paul, uh, Peter Schiff, if he gets in, uh, there's that woman uh, M- uh, Michelle uh, Bachman out in Minnesota who's pretty good on a lot of economic issues. Uh, she's a Congress woman from minnesota and very attractive by the way it's easy to watch her videos on youtube uh but anyway over and over and over and over (laughs) but uh no just kidding but anyway um uh i think it would be incumbent on these people if they if they recognize if they recognize that it the system is not going to be changed um, and that you, wait, wait. When you say these people, the, you mean the, the vo- these voter people types? who happen to get in a federal office? Oh, the people you know, that win. Yeah. What I would love, what, what I think would be neat for them to say is, you know, I'm here and I'm I'm trying, uh, and it might work against them, but I want you to realize that we might not be able to change this. And at a certain point, it would be interesting if they could mix that with a lot of what they had to say. To say that would you know be interesting. What, yeah, uh, this it, this might be a losing cause. We're we're in here, but realize, folks, just the fact that we're in here doesn't don't get your hopes up. We might have to pull out. We might have to get away. We might have to do something. Well, I don't know. It's it's tricky to say. You know, I think this is a hopeless cause, but I'm here to try to spread the word. That would be weird to to run on a, a platform like that or get elected and change. And start saying it once you get elected. I don't know what people think. Yeah, I, it it would be interesting to see someone try a different approach like that because normally the approach is, all right, all you have to do is vote for Peter Schiff, and then uh, you know we're going to get in there and really stir it up. Yep, that's right. Uh, we got ourselves a money bomb here today, and you'll just pour all your money here into this pot, and uh, Peter Schiff's going to win, and we're going to turn around the federal government. I mean, they they kind of uh, get people all jazzed up about the uh, the the chance to you know do something at the federal level as though it's actually actually possible yeah. and it would be very interesting to have a federal level candidate embrace the idea of saying look this is you know i'm, I'm basically running to get these ideas out uh, i don't really think that i'm going to win media, and news media uh, will, will never cover a man that says that yeah that's no way uh, that would be a that would be a, a suicidal thing to say yeah i think you'd I think have to do it after off. you got elected i, th- I, I if would you, agree if you were going to and then you might not get elected again but at least you're you're stating it stating the facts and mm-hmm. alert right people. it would be used it would be used by um you know ron paul essentially does this yes. by saying that everything should be returned to the state level and da 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 so i mean i, I don't I think it would be used by your opponent if you were to say something like, I think this is pointless. You know? Yeah, the problem, you know, hope is such a powerful incentive for people. It's, it's yeah, but it also change. it also sets them up for a fall yeah. later on. And that's what you were talking about before. Um, a lot of people get burned out and then they go away and they never do anything again. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So you say, Mark, people are, are requesting that we read the speech by the president? 
Well, for I, tomorrow, I, it, it, at least uh, address the idea that the the president is going to be talking to all the our uh, you know little impressionable children tomorrow at school. I've been scanning the, it. Here. The big deal is that yeah. uh, well, why the Republicans are all upset? My God, the president's going to be talking to our kids. It's, the Bushes be, already did. He's going to be right. He's going to be indoctrinating them. Oh, wait yeah. a second. They're about, in government schools. Yeah, exactly. Right. We've been sending them to get indoctrinated every single day of their yeah. little this lives is, because we can't come up with uh, you know our own means to take care of our children. And if this doesn't, this is one of these instances where if they cannot shake themselves out of the idea that it is immoral and corrupt to tax people in order to send children to any sort of government school, whether it's run by Republicans on your school board or Democrats or there's a Republican in the White House or a Democrat or the Congress or whatever. It's the mechanism of it that causes all this infighting and dissension and anger over what's going to be put into the school and what's not. Oh, my money's still being taken. I want these authors taught in English class. Well, I want these. No, no, no. Well, I've got the majority, so you're out. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. And then you you have this thing, which has fired them all up. And right. they still can't see it. Once again, the debate is about the wrong question. Yes. It's the wrong question. You, nobody's ever striking at the root in any level of, uh, of national debate. And this is exactly, uh, we pointed this out over the weekend. I, I forget, I think we had a lady call in to, uh, to talk about this very issue. Or some concerned parent had, had called in to talk that about was this. Man. No, no, actually, okay. no, it was a lady. It was uh, someone from New Hampshire. Uh, she'd called in to talk about this issue, about her, oh, she was so elated uh, about how the school wasn't going to be showing this video. And I said, well, aren't you concerned with what's going to happen the next day or instead? Because, like you say, it's nonstop government indoctrination at these government schools. Uh, okay, not nonstop. But, you no, know, no, 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 it is. It, but it is. It, it, I don't know. When they're talking about math, but, they're but not indoctrinating is, government but, but schools. Well, but even the very concept of it. It, see, this is one of the things. This is fascinating. I had this this email exchange with this pinhead named Jim Weber, and I'm going to call him that because he used these ad hominems on me. I used nothing in the email exchange that was an ad hominem, and I read them into a podcast because he <laughs> had he does these things. You know how companies are out there, Ian. And I don't want to be too divergent, but it'll 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 be have a bearing on our point here on the schools and about whether or not you know it is indoctrination even being brought in and brought in there because nothing is questioned. And this is the thing. Unless the status quo is questioned in certain areas, unless people look at what is fundamentally right or not right, and we were talking about praxeology before in human action, then what you are doing is unspoken indoctrination. And, and what I mean that is by your actions, you can also indoctrinate. It's not just verbal indoctrination. It is by your actions. So, for example, this guy, Jim, Jeff Weber, was pushing uh, – they usually do these things they're called Heard Around Town. It's this company that puts out these 30-second things with a 30-second commercial, and they, you know, they sell them to AM radio stations during the Glenn Beck show or whatever. And they say, here's what I heard around town, blah, 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 blah. And we'll be back with more after we hear from blah, blah, blah. You know? So then they have a hardware store or whatever comes on with an ad. Mm-hmm. So they usually talk about entertainment, and they do it very lightheartedly. And occasionally and they'll say, and on this day 20 years ago, uh, Ronald Reagan met with Mikhail Gorbachev in Reykjavik, Iceland, that sort of thing. It's not too much comment. This time he comes on and he's got this report about how he says, every year X number of thousands of people are killed on the roads in accidents involving uh, um, teenage drivers. In certain states, they have regulations on these drivers to stop them from driving at night and blah, 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 blah. But there is no national law 
Well, now there is a proposal to do this, blah, blah, blah. So what he does is he – and he it. never overtly says that he's in support of it. So I email him and I say, look – you're reporting this thing, and you're doing a typical thing that happens on the news all the time. Set up a problem. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Here's the federal answer. The government solution. Exactly. And it's incumbent on you, if you're going to be reporting on this, to know what's involved. This is federal legislation. Therefore, you have a responsibility to know whether or not this federal legislation conforms with the overall structure of federal legislation, which is the Constitution. People don't bother with that. They think, oh, this is, this is just an event. It's like something falling from the sky. Well, so, it would be nice if journalists had that responsibility, right. but uh, you and I know they don't. Right. Uh, so, what they have a responsibility towards is pleasing their editor. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, what he has done is he's propagandized, and he's got an easy out to say, I never over- I never said I was in support of this. I was like, dude, you don't have to. I'm not a fool. Mm. And this is what they do in schools, picking up in the yellow school bus, going off to the schools. Right. Going, you know, yeah, the I understand the there's this. The very fact that they teach math, which you said is not indoctrination, is indoctrination because they're teaching math, which is of value. Okay? So they teach you 2 plus 2 is 4. That says, look, school teach this government it's school it's what's teaches seen and not kids seen. how to, to add, for God's sakes. It's doing something great. In the process of doing something great, they get the opportunity to indoctrinate the children yeah. in whatever manner that they wish. Okay, and yes. the problem. Yes, yeah, I just, and, and I, I don't want to be too on fire about it. But, but it's you know. still not accurate to say it's nonstop indoctrination. It is it's nonstop. Not it is Sorry, nonstop. that's not accurate. Okay, but it If is. I'm learning my multiplication tables, it's not nonstop indoctrination. But it is. That is I, what you're saying it's is, is there's this, there's this of, cloud, right? Yes. There's this overhanging cloud of statism and Prussian uh, organization. Of, no, uh, no, I'm saying that um, the the teaching of math validates the school and makes it look of value, and it is of value, but it's run by the state. So that's yes, the in, see, the total indoctrination package. It all together is when they are teaching math, they are indoctrinating. Okay, I see where you're coming it, from there, Mark. And it, but but you know to say there's absolutely no value in it, I think is you know it's, well, that's not telling the truth. No. Well, it, no, it's it's telling the truth. Well, it, to say there's no there are value. drawbacks. I didn't there say that there was no value. There are big drawbacks. The I said there was nonstop right. indoctrination, but I understand. I will agree. I don't with know. You. I consider to say indoctrination that there's not a nonstop indoctrination might make you look nutty and fringy. I, I consider indoctrination to be more overt than what you're talking yeah, about. It, it's a colorful way. It's a colorful spin on the term. Wait indoctrination. a second. When I've got the Chinese, uh, uh, you know, when I'm in the the got the Vietnamese guy in the in the prison there, and I'm not slapping him in the mouth, but instead I'm giving him a little bit of food in order to create a relationship between he and I. Am I not indoctrinating this guy? Am I not using mm. the opportunity? Mm. I wouldn't think that's indoctrination. It absolutely no. is. It's the most effective way somebody. to get someone to talk is to be nice to them. I think we're talking about that's two not indoctrination, but it is. I yeah, I agree. think we're talking about two different levels of indoctrination. In one yeah. case, there is the one level, the direct in-your-face indoctrination that might be happening to the kids about certain issues, about about the, the value of government and things like sure. that. Yes. Yes. And then there's the overall indoctrination of well, this is just the system that we that we have. You don't know you of have to establish the relationship with the subject, um, whether that subject is a prisoner yeah. of war or whether they're uh, somebody for brainwashing. I think you're stretching captured. the. De- I think you're stretching the definition of indoctrinate uh, to instruct in a doctrine, principle, ideology, especially to imbue with a specific partisan or biased belief or point of view, to teach or inculcate, to imbue with learning. You so have the to definition of, of the that. atmosphere. You cannot I teach understand in a class that, with a klaxon going off. So you create the atmosphere in the way you create the atmosphere in the school. 
is by teaching math and, and all these other yeah. good things that they teach in school, and that it gives you the opportunity Look, to I get the what you're saying. I get what it you're is saying. The indoctrination. Right? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Well, obviously, we're, we're spice, different spices we're really on this word. Far and, down on yeah, this, and we've, uh, we've sort of verged away. And you know, it's funny though, Ian. I'm looking at indoctrination is if you pick it apart. Of course, doctrine is the, is the basis of it. You are you are injecting a doctrine in into someone. So it just depends on how closely you want to look at the overall right. structure. What of you're it. saying is, Mark, that the, the nebulous kind of overhanging uh system of the government schools is indoctrination. I don't know if I agree. It's cr- I think indoctrination is, is a That's much what I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm I don't see anything about an atmosphere here. I see teaching inculcating but you that can't says teach, to me and you cannot inculcate unless you create the atmosphere. Period and end of story. That's what I'm telling you is that all of the actions are part of the indoctrination, not the standing up there and saying, now the state is good, kids, because if you beat the kids with sticks every day, they wouldn't believe the state was good or made them sit on thumbtacks, then they wouldn't think it was good. The very fact that you create this more comfortable atmosphere where they Mm -hmm. teach legitimate things is part of the indoctrination. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I, I think I'd like to find a better word than uh, indoctrination for what you're talking about. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So I want to get back to the uh, the phone calls here shortly and just want to continue briefly on the discussion here about what where we originally were was this Obama thing that is happening tomorrow with uh, the the youth of America. Everyone, at least, who's in a government school, at least, uh, will be watching, most of them will be watching this speech from Obama, which a lot of the conservative types have been making a big, a lot of noise and hubbub about, oh, my children are going to be exposed to this man and his socialism. Where, in point of fact, they're exposed to a pro-state, fascist, socialist viewpoint on a regular basis in schools. We ended up getting distracted with a, a semantics discussion about what indoctrination is. Mark believes that the entire school system is indoctrination. I believe that it's just environmental factors that contribute to more effective indoctrination uh, in the class. But nonetheless, I'm looking, and I, I, I scanned through. I didn't read in real great detail, but on whitehouse.gov, and I'm kind of scared to go to government websites, but I did go uh, to see what the speech is, because they have the text of what Obama's going to say tomorrow posted on the site. And I'm just looking here. You know, it's it's not really that objectionable. Most of it is, you know, feel-good stuff about staying in school. And obviously there's the, you know, pro-school viewpoint, which suggests that every kid needs to have school in order to be successful. Okay, that's objectionable, sure. There are probably some, you know, some suggestions of government being great spliced throughout in there. But, you know, the majority of the speech is just basically, hey, kids, you know, you, you need to really get to it and get out there and, you know, do things and accomplish things in a very positive kind of speech. It would be the same kind of positive feel-good speech George Bush would give or Bill Clinton or anybody else who was, you know, is the head of state yeah, at the federal you, level. Don't you feel there are a couple things? First, I just think on this speech, I don't know what you think, man, but I'm looking this thing over, and if I'm in class, I am drawing, I am doodling, oh, yeah, I sure. am sending notes to my friends because this has got to be one of the most eye-glazingly boring pieces of crap that will have you been ever reading be through put, it as well. Oh my God, it's like it's like licking 
an envelope for an hour. <laughs> it, this has got to be one of the worst things that could ever be foiced upon kids. I mean, it's, it's, it's so good. bad. Well, uh, it's targeted at a lot of kids, right? I mean, yeah, this is going I mean, out to all of them. So he, he's talking to his, elementary his, kids. Yeah, and, this is the problem. His phrasing is not for elementary school kids. Those kids are going to be looking out. The, after the first five minutes, those kids are going to be like, oh, my God, this guy's driving me up the wall. And and it's it's what's funny about it to me is the, just the very – I don't know how you feel about it, but the, the very idea of – the kids sitting in front of this screen, watching the iconic central figure, it just feeds into this this icon worship. The cult yes, of the it's very or- Orwellian. Of the office. Yeah, yeah it's right. just dangerous. There's no doubt about all that, but as far as the context of the speech, I mean, it's not... It's not the worst speech in the world. And again, it, the, the whole issue is the distraction from the fact that the government school system is the indoctrination process. The, well, government, uh, the, the government schools so on a daily on basis... Yes. Uh, on a daily basis, are uh, are are indoctrinating your kids with pro-state viewpoints. It's not going to happen just tomorrow during the 15 minutes that Obama's giving the speech. Yeah, so wake t- up, parents. And, and even on a local level, how many times did my mom go down to the school board meeting uh, before she started to realize, like, oh, government education is the problem? And, and spend time is saying, look, I don't want this in- included in the school system. What, what are you doing here? And- and how many pictures? Uh, I mean, how many classrooms have pictures of the president in them? Yeah. I don't know. The same uh, most. I, I recall pres- pre- pictures of the president the being in the flag, in, or, in, yeah. in both public and private. The flag, schools. the pledge. I recall presidential the, pictures. Not at my school very much. Not that I recall. Okay. At least. Well, they might, they might uh, have it. I think teachers. they have them in the principal's office a lot of times in the administration. That would be likely. Up there, yeah. That would be likely. Um, but, but you know, there's and, another thing. I was just going to mention. I think you're absolutely right on the specifics of this, though. There are certain red flags that go off. I think you guys have hit it, and this is what have, has gotten me when I posted it at Liberty Conspiracy. I'm like, look, why can't people understand that, you know, it took my mom a while to realize when she was knocking her head against a wall when she was trying to stop some policy inside the system, and she realized it's the system which is morally bankrupt and corrupt, which causes all this energy to be wasted from people who don't want their money taken for something. Mm-hmm. Recognize this, and again, you hit it, and Mark hit it, and so many people out there are probably thinking the same thing. Wake up and open your eyes to the realization that this immoral theft of your money to be thrown into this system, kids being thrown in there whether they like it or not, just because this is Barack Obama's speech, this is going to be one day. The rest of the 181 days yeah. that they're in there, they're going to be indoctrinated with all sorts of other things. And it's very subtle. Here's an example of, of what Obama says. He says, you need the knowledge and problem-solving skills you'll learn in, in science and math to cure diseases like cancer and AIDS and develop new energy technologies and protect our environment. You know, obviously, I stopped there and put emphasis on this because this whole gestalt, our collective, and then picking out diseases like cancer and AIDS, well, yeah, they're very scary diseases. Uh, But there are a lot of other things that are very scary, too. He can't include them all. So here we have, again, the mechanism here. A lot of people could find this unobjectionable. But what if you're in favor of Alzheimer's? What if you want the kids to be clued into Alzheimer's in this speech? You didn't mention Alzheimer's here. Well, uh, what about heart disease? You didn't mention heart disease. Well, and many pl- people believe that uh, AIDS is a punishment from God on the gay people. Yeah, and, I mean, and so conservatives might say, that. yeah, some, some very religious people might say, hey, you mentioned AIDS here. I don't want that mentioned in front of an eight-year-old child. 
I and, think they'd be better off with a career day, personally. I mean, as far as uh, yeah. as far as it, attempting to influence young people to get out there in the world and you know make a difference, which is the theme here of of this speech is to you know it's not going to be easy. You got to get out there, and uh, Americans, that's what they do. Blah blah blah. You know that whole thing. Uh, having people come in and and share what they do, I think, would be a little more inspirational for kids well, because the president doesn't do the crap. Thing. They don't they don't want to bring people in um, uh, for career day because. Well, they if, still do that, don't they? They do really? somewhat, but you know, they 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 have a controlled environment. If you bring me in for career day, <laughs> you're never going to bring me in again. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. me, you give me a class of uh, of of thinking eight eighth graders or or tenth graders. You know, I didn't even think, uh, Mark. I got in touch with the, the high school here locally recently to uh, to tr- try to see what kind of involvement the activists here could get in the high school because it's very important to me to reach out to young people. And so I was, at, you know, on their website, and I saw this thing about the speaker series, and I submitted some names of people that I thought would be good speakers, like Sam, uh, and also uh, uh, Brad Jardis from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And I, I didn't even think to uh, to submit you, Mark, and a former I, murderer. I uh, fit well into your little scheme of uh, yeah. things here. Yeah. Uh, but do you want me to to uh, throw you down there? I don't uh, care. I'll list? speak to anybody. You'd have to you'd have to come up with what you could speak on, I guess, and and you didn't. It's actually not clear murder, so I wanted to make that clear. No, it's uh, it's like a speakers series thing. Anyway, let's go to your phone calls about anything. Scott's in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Scott, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, how's everybody doing? What's on your mind tonight, Scott? Go ahead. Good. Uh, you know, I I don't want to detract from the, this is a very important story about the, uh, the the Obama thing with the teaching the children about about how they should live their lives and. And all that, but uh, I, I have some questions about your, your actions this weekend, Ian, with the uh, your activism as far as running for office. Okay, sure. Hang on to those questions. We'll bring you right back here in moments. More with Scott and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. 800-259-9231. I'd be a little more concerned about, as far as the Obama speech, the discussions that are going to go on in the classrooms about how important the president oh, yes. is and all that. More coming up. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. It is the live Labor Day edition of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including live streams. We have a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam. It's all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Plus... To reward you for listening live tonight, coming up, we're going to give you a chance to win a two-pack 
uh, a two-pack of the Tota Sacks, which we've been talking about over the last couple weeks on the show. Gardner has no idea what we're talking about, so we'll explain a little better here in a few moments. But that is coming up before the end of the program. We'll give you the call-in number at that time. So be by your phones and ready if you want to grab some of those. Uh, let's go back to Scott in Florida. Scott, you're back on Free Talk Live. You had some questions about my attempted run for uh, for mayor as a nobody candidate to give people the opportunity to vote for nobody for the first time ever. Right. Um, now, you stated that in the system, activism is not as productive as outside. So... Why did you decide decide to run for office? Okay, well, I think I explained this earlier in the show tonight. You may not have been tuned in at the time, but uh, just to explain briefly... Uh, the system is useful for my purposes uh, in getting the word out about freedom. So the purpose of this uh, particular campaign was to utilize the system's process for the benefit of the uh, the message of, of spreading the message of freedom. So the idea would have been had I been allowed to get on the ballot as Ian Nobody Bernard, and I was subsequently rejected, which is kind of what I expected they were going to do. Uh, but had I been allowed on the ballot, I would have been able to go and uh, you know be on uh, in a debate perhaps, or at the very least would have gotten my responses to some questions printed in a newspaper. I would have been invited on the local talk show, and I may still be invited to do uh, to appear on a local talk show anyway, just to kind of talk about this. So I may still get some exposure. Uh, as a result of the even the failure of the the campaign, but essentially it's uh, it's a it's a purpose. The purpose was for outreach, not to win necessarily. Though if I'd won, it would have been Very quite fair. wonderful. Yes. How long were you thinking of, of running? How long did you think about this? Um, not very long. I mean, I, I came. I think you realized that the seat was available for a good while, or oh, no, I'd planned on getting in. Uh, actually, initially, when I first thought of the idea of running as a nobody candidate, I'd originally planned to run for city council. Uh, but I figured mayor would be a bigger profile uh, race, and it wouldn't matter anyway because neither one of them I would actually swear the oath of office. Uh, I couldn't possibly swear the oath of office. Even if I wanted to take office, I couldn't possibly yeah. swear their oath. I'd have to provide my own, uh, some sort of oath to liberty or something like that because there's no way in hell I'd right. swear an oath to the United States, which is actually in the New Hampshire state oath. Uh, but okay. but I, yeah, you know, I made that decision pretty quick, and then I made the decision to go with uh, Mayor because it would probably garner more publicity, and indeed it, it likely would have because it, at, last time I checked, it was a two-way race. There could have been somebody who uh, entered the the race today. I think they were open special hours to uh, to get registered for that, but it, there may not be. It may be a you know no com- competition for the incumbent uh, at this point. So Amazing. they they kicked out wow. the only competition basically from the from the uh, from the race. Which was you, yeah. That's correct. So, um, why the mask? Okay, I wore a V mask or a uh, Guy Fox mask, I guess. Uh, not sure how people best know that particular mask. V for Vendetta, I think, popularized it. But uh, I wore a Guy Fox mask because the idea is I was running as an idea, not as a man, right? I mean, I had to run as as my uh, with my slave name because that's the way the system is set up. I couldn't just go in there and say, "Well, my name's nobody. Put me on the ballot." Uh, you know, I had to have a voter's registration, which requires the slave name, and so therefore I had to use the slave name. But I only used that because I had to. The purpose was to spread the idea that government is uh, is is a bad is bad concept. Uh, we need to move toward the voluntary society, and I figured that could be done more effectively with a mask on, similar to the same reason. I mean, V was wearing it because he had his face burned, yeah. but his point was still uh, very uh, salient about it being about the ideas, not about the man behind the mask, and so. 
that was the point of the mask. And you can see some of the footage of uh, what happened over at RidleyReport.com. You can see the interactions between me and the city clerk and her associates as they attempted to keep me off the ballot successfully. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I, it was a great, great video, and I, I just had those questions, and that's uh, you summed them up per- perfectly. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, th- it's not because I think that uh, I could you know, change something about the political system. First of all, the mayor doesn't even have that opportunity here in Keene, New Hampshire. It's a weak mayor position, and they can only vote when it's a tie. And there are 15 city councilors, so the only way there would ever be a tie is if one wasn't there. And so really the mayor doesn't even do anything. It's more of a ceremonial position uh, in the first place. But it's not because I believe the political process is inherently valid or anything like that. It's just that it's there, and I'm of the mindset, and I know there are a number of uh, you know purist, agorist types that uh, would vehemently disagree with me on this, but I'm of the mindset that if it's there and we can benefit from using it, we've already been forced to pay for it. I have no objection with utilizing that. Somebody jumped down my throat once uh, over the freekeen.com uh, comment section because I utilize the local cable access channel here in Keene, New Hampshire. On a you know, semi-regular yeah. basis, I'll take whatever kind of video programming I have, right. and I'll take it over to the cable access channel, and I'll submit it for on-air. In fact, I'm actually on the board of directors of said cable access channel. And so some some would say, well, that's that's not very principled. I, I mean, you, that's a, a, that channel exists because of coercion, so how could you possibly uh, get involved with something like that? Well, you know, if I want to be totally pure, then I better take my radio show off the 50 radio stations yeah. that... Uh, my radio shows on. Yeah. Yep. Now, see, that's that's very interesting. But but you know, you, you said you know, there's a system there that you want to participate in, and then also Mark also says that you know, why not participate in a system that does not uh, you know inflict harm on others? On you know, in Mark's words, I'm not sure what you're getting at there. Um. Me either. Well, uh, he he's saying not to vote for specific people, but to vote for issues. And it sounds like your your position to uh, to vote for nobody is a sort of um, I, I I don't know how to say it, but uh, you know, taking advantage of the, of of the system that exists. Yeah, that's I'm exactly what the intention. Well, hey. That's what the intention was. Yes, to get people you know. thinking outside the box, uh, to get them uh, to realize that there should be, if you're going to have this awful system, there should be a, a nobody option on the ballot. There should be a none of the above. But there should be that. a these candidates suck it, option. As much as I think that Ian's, uh, you know, crack putty scheme with going in with a mask and all this other stuff smacks of weirdness. Um, I, I, you know, I like the idea of there being a nobody on the ballot, and I don't think for a second that they're going to do anything about it. To me, it's a stunt, and I don't think there's anything wrong with a stunt. I don't of course think, it was a stunt. I don't think what Ian's saying is that you shouldn't vote and that I'm getting on the ballot to talk about you shouldn't vote. I don't think that's where he's coming from. No, I from. wanted to. I, no, I would have loved to have won that election because then for the first time ever, it would be pretty clear that the voters uh, – actually, it would have been two – there could be two ways it would come out that would be very favorable, I think. Uh, number one – Nobody could win, which would be just amazing. And then, you know, the, you. the will of the voters. Nobody. Well, anybody can run as nobody. Uh, they can try. Somebody else could try this where they are yeah, and see how, what kind of luck they have with it. But if nobody wins, then for the first time, you can actually say that you know what the will of the voters is. Because a lot of times, uh, or at least you can know it pretty well, because a lot of times when you've got an election between the lesser of two evils, you don't know if the voter voted because they like the guy or right. because they hate the guy. Most, mostly they I, vote. I understand that. And, well, I know, I know you understand. I'm explaining for the rest of the listeners here. 
So, right. um, so, and I guess if nobody wins, you still don't know for sure. But you probably know that they definitely didn't like that other guy, and so they're willing to vote for nobody. Otherwise, they would have just not even shown up. Absolutely. Um, so, so if nobody wins, that's a major win because then you can sh- you can actually say, well, hey, the will of the voters is there should be nobody. So don't you dare elect one of your buddies to this position and uh, and ignore the will of the voters, which they would do anyway. Or right. if nobody didn't win. And the voter turnout did not significantly tick up, because normally in a municipal election, wherever you are across the country, very, very poor turnout, right? Like 3 to 17%, I think, is what they get around here in Keene, New Hampshire. So if there wasn't an incredibly large turnout of a landslide of people saying, we want the system, we're coming out of the woodwork to vote for this other guy, the incumbent, because we don't want nobody to win, because that would be terrible, because the system is so valuable. Well, if the uh, if if the incumbent wins with a standard level of votes, and that really means that the people that don't vote, they really don't care. It's not like they... I get you know, that. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. It, you know, they, that means that the voters really don't care whether nobody won, right? Because they didn't even come out to try to stop nobody in that case. So even if nobody didn't win, you could really have an interesting spin on that. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gart. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, well, uh, one of the ways you can do that is by voting for us at vote.freetalklive.com. It's been a pretty competitive month over at the Podcast Alley voting the top ten list, uh, which is what they do on a monthly basis. It resets every month, and we've had a, it's been it's been heated this month. It's usually uh, easy for us to win. This month, not so much. I don't know where we're at right now in the charts, uh, Mark, but I, we still probably need to build up we our need votes. votes. So we need to uh, need you. If you have yet to vote in this month of September, please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Doesn't matter if you're listening to this live as we speak it, or if you're listening to it two weeks from now. As long as it's still September, we need your vote at vote.freetalklive.com. October too. Well, they, yeah, that too. You uh, can vote every month. And, one vote per you know, month. Uh, most most months recently, it hasn't been that big of a deal. It is a big deal this month. Uh, please lodge your lodge your vote. Is that right? That sounds good. Lodge it, yeah. At freetalklive.com. The vote.freetalklive.com will actually work. Freetalklive.com will take you to our regular website. So vote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, David is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Hello. What's on your mind tonight, David? Oh, hi. You know all those people that don't want want Obama to speak to their kids? Yeah. I I think they're racist. They're just racist. It doesn't get nothing to do with indoctrinating socialism, all that jazz. That's all, that's just a smoke screen. I, you know, but David, I don't buy it. I they don't want talking to kids. David, I don't want Obama to talk to my kid if he my kid's 18 months old. So at this point, <laughs> Obama can't do anything to him. But if my uh, kid was say 10 or 12 or something like that, I wouldn't want him, uh, you know, doing his, uh, you know, giving his speech to him. I would pull him out. Is and, Mark racist? And I'd like to point point out, David, that my best friend is black. And and and, and let me ask you a quick question, David. And as a uh, matter of fact, the, the godfather of the child that I do not want Obama to speak to is black. Is black. <laughs> All right. And, but obviously, he chose that because he's racist and he's just trying to not look 
racist. But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, David, what evidence do you have to back up your claim versus is it just instinct? Because this tidal wave of people who found out that the president of the United States was not only going to be speaking to the children and, as I've looked at the speech, delivering certain things. And by the way, they changed the speech. Um, they've they ch- uh, yeah, they've changed the speech. Oh, because of the crazy. Now so crazy. let me ask you a question. If, for example, a president like Ronald Reagan were going to be speaking in front of all the kids and saying, well, children, it's very important that uh, we work to establish a strategic defense initiative. And if He's you study say that to kids, uh, wait a minute, if he if he were to say something like we have to defend our freedoms and and you, if you get educated you can help defend our freedoms. You could become the next physicists who create a missile defense system, who do this, that send people to the moon. Every one of those things that I just mentioned, whether it's sending people to the moon or a missile defense system or whatever, someone will find that objectionable. I think he, he was just going to give them an encouraging speech to, to, to prop them up and, and to have them do good in school and okay. stuff like that. Let me read to you some of the segments of this encouraging speech, and we'll see whether or not it would be because of racism that people might find this offensive, well, could or be, there could be some other reasons. It could be just fear. But you fear said that they were. Oh, so I see. So kids. it's racial fear that causes them to say, hey, guess what? I don't want my kids to be indoctrinated to think that the state is the be all and end all. That's racial fear, not uh, belief in individual freedom. You see, I, I don't understand where you've got any evidence David, on this. I'm not scared of any black people, okay? Well, a lot of people seem to be. And there are people David, you're right. out there throwing the gasoline right on the fire. I mean, the radio, I mean, there's a lot of. Um, David, should know, I let. Wait, 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 wait. Should I let. Um, the president talked to my child because some bigots won't let the president talk to their child because I'm uh, somehow bolstering the bigots. You're making this a racial issue, David, and I don't think it is. I'm, I think I'm just Barack- saying that I believe. I'm not saying that every, but I, I believe there's a lot. I mean, I'm not saying everything is, and there's been a lot of words thrown around about racism and stuff like that. That, that you know, some, I, most, a lot of it could have been missed, but in this particular David, instance, I think there's a lot of people hiding behind this socialism jazz. I, I think that's a cop out. I think that's a cop out. Yeah, I mean, would you be saying if, if, for instance, uh, Let's let's say Hillary Clinton happened to win instead of uh, Barack Obama. Then would you be calling us and saying it's misogyny that uh, is, you yeah, know that, sexism? Do, do you think that the same people who don't want to have their kids see the Obama speech would also be the same people who wouldn't want to have them see the Hillary speech if it was Hillary instead of Obama? Personally, I think I think it would be a whole different can of worms. You think so? You think totally, you, you think totally. people would be okay Number with one, that? No, one, number one, Hillary would have a matriarchal kind of uh, vibe going, and and they, they it's nothing to argue. No, no, no. He set up he he set up the parameters. He set up Ian set up the parameters of the question. Okay, so if it's an if then statement, if she is elected, and someone objects to it, would you? reach the same conclusion we are presupposing that someone objects you're we are presupposing that someone could object and we're asking you the question would it be because of misogyny or sexism David? Yeah, well, there's many people. Many people could have different choices. I'm okay, not David, sure. we're sure. dealing with me. logic here. So, sure, some people do not want Barack Obama to talk to their kids because they are bigoted racist. True. Yeah, so, true statement. A lot. 
You're, you have you're, no evidence. You're proposing. Uh, and I, the fact I is, some proposing. of them don't want that, David. And you're just, what you're doing is you're making it easy for yourself. I don't want to think about what these people say. And, they and, must and, be bigots. And you know what? And that's a no. crappy no, way because, to do and, it. And, and, and let me ask you another question, David. He's doing if a they, perfectly uh, David, ignore, David, he, let, let me ask you. Are people free to think for themselves? Obviously. Okay, obviously. So, therefore, even if they are repulsively racist, okay? Or fearful. If they are repulsively racist, and that's why they don't want the President of the United States speaking to them, do they have a right or not have a right to say, I don't want my tax money used for this system, even if they're racist? Do they or do they not? Yes or no? Yes or no? No, David, David, I asked you a question. Used for what system? I'm talking about that. For a school system. For a school system that these racists don't want the president of the United States speaking to them because they don't like his skin color. Do they or do they not have the right to say, I don't want the school system to do this because I'm having my tax money taken from me? Of course they have the right. Okay, to do that. so therefore but your argument is completely useless. Jerks, though. Well, it right. doesn't matter, jerks. of course. People that are racist are jerks. But they have a Absolutely right to be jerks true. and hold on to their cash. But the problem with the race card in general, David, and the reason that it shouldn't be played ever with Barack Obama is because what it does is allows people to check out when it comes exactly. to logic. Is right. all I, ju- I just like people to be honest, and I think they're being very evasive and cowardly. In well, I, I, we happen to disagree. I, I think this tsunami of response against Barack Obama speaking about this comes on the heels of a socialized health care system where the government was not honest with people a priori saying they wanted to put that forward before the August recess and then afterwards they say oh we wanted to have a dialogue bogus lie a lie from the White House a lie from the Congress a lie from the Senate they didn't want any debate on it people are starting to sound off it comes on the heels of that and they're saying you know what there is a rising tide of frustration and disenchantment with this man and has nothing to do with his skin color. Well, now, if uh, David's I'm right, da- David, if, you, if you're right and most of the people that are offended by Barack Obama giving this... I'm not saying most. I'm saying some, many. So, a lot. Okay, what, okay, what would you say? 33%? 20%? Well, the race, race 15%? people? Yeah. I think there's a lot. I, and I, I don't believe mean? they would admit it. That's, that's part... You know, but you want them to admit it? Some people can't admit they're racist. You, know, you said that's what they... David, you said you want them to admit it is what you want? No, I don't need them, but I'm just what do you saying want, that then? they are, and, and many, and and I'm one of the people that know it. You just say you believe. You're just saying you believe this to be the truth. You believe that that's Absolutely. what's going on behind this. And I'm telling, I'm telling you, <laughs> these very same people that are offended by Barack Obama giving this speech would be as offended whether it was Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or any other Democrat. But if it was George Bush, they wouldn't have any problem. Even if George Bush was delivering the same speech, and he probably would deliver the, almost the same exact speech, maybe with some slight, uh, slight changes. I've seen some comparisons between George Bush and Barack Obama in the way I they speak. It's, it's very similar. So what I'm telling you is, while there may be a racism component Mm. for some people out there... More, mostly, this is just a red team, blue team thing. There's just a, you know, just a yeah. mindless partisanship yeah. out there that's, that's, what it is. that's, that's an driving this. Point. this and, is... and can I ask a question, too, David? And, it, you know, obviously, we haven't You don't have to before. ask permission. Just go okay. ahead and ask. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, are, you a, are you a religious person? Okay, well, I will tell you that you are a religious person because you are making a claim without any evidence to support you, and you just said, I believe. Thanks for the call tonight. I wish we had more time, but we're out of it. Uh, So basically, he believes there's this undertone of uh, racism that's constant throughout 
uh, throughout America. I hope that's not true. I don't see it in my life. At least the people I hang around with, I don't. I don't see that. I think it's too easy of a ch- uh, of a move. I mean, it it, it allows someone to ch- uh, to write somebody off as a racist and not think about their point. We are going to write off the show because we're done for tonight. It's Vinny in here with you and Guard and Mark. See you tomorrow online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.